We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome into Building the Broncos. I'm your host here, Carl Dummler, and of course I, I got Mr. Lance Sanderson joining me tonight because Nick is off in the mountains fighting off the bears and eating salmon out of the river. So, uh, no, he's, he's having a good time. He'll be back, I think, next week to be joining us here for, for Building the Broncos. But, you know, I'm excited that I've got my, my good friend here getting a chance to, to break down some of camp and everything that's going on. It's just it's so great to have football back and actually have something to talk about that's happening on a field rather than what did this player eat for supper last week kind of thing. So, um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited, guys. Training camp is in full board. They've put on some pads hitting some people and it's been great to hear Javante Williams has been out there for every practice and he's kind of sitting there telling coaches, I just want to keep going. And the coaches are probably trying to tell him, we got to calm you down a little bit here, buddy. We need yeah. you to be healthy for the season. So, but that's great to hear. Like I said, I, I have to say, I am one of those people. I never thought this was going to be possible that this guy would be like full bore go week one, but I'm yeah, starting to get to that point of saying, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Carl. In fact, I was talking with Eric a couple of weeks ago, you know, and coming coming into uh, coming into training camp, they're like, he's he's not going to be put on the pup list. He's going to be ready to go for week one of training camp. And I'm like, if, if he's actually ready to go for week one of training camp, then I really need to reevaluate my opinion on his status moving into week one. But if he's actually ready to go for week one, I have a, a, a I've said it multiple times on Dove Valley Deep Divers every Friday night, six o'clock, guys. If you've heard it before, once there, you're going to hear it now. If Javante Williams is ready to go for week one, I'm changing my Twitter handle to Javante Williams fan underscore one, just because like I've doubted his ability to come back from such a devastating knee injury. Mile high hello, everybody here in Broncos country. Welcome in. And I'm glad to be joining you, Carl. It's good to be here again. Uh, it's a couple of weeks ago, we got the opportunity to do it. So thanks for having me again, man. It's it's good to yeah. see you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. And we've been having a lot of things going on this week. I've got some things with my work that uh, I almost was struggling to, to make it here tonight. Um, I mean, if you can see, I got my my name tag from our <laughs> event that's going on. But I, I snuck out to make sure I can get a chance to talk some Bronco football with you guys. And then I'll be heading off to camp here in just a couple days. Nice. Which I'm I'm so excited just to get out there and get my own eyes because 
Sean Payton has really shut down the media from really reporting of what's going on at camp other yeah. than, oh, big play down the field. That's pretty much what you get to hear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, I'm excited to get my own eyes, but really excited to see this from Troy coming in with a 999 Super Chat saying, hey, guys, no panic until we play other uniforms going to camp from Utah tomorrow, hopefully with cooler temperatures at camp than last week. Just get defensive line depth soon, please. Have a great show. Troy, great to see you and have a, Thanks, a safe travel to camp. Like you said, hope it, hopefully it is a little bit cooler. I've been there on that scorching hill when it is feels like it's probably about 120 degrees on that hill. And you're just trying to survive the, the few hours of practice. But uh, no, I and our, our main theme tonight, we, we put this as the title. And I wanted to get your opinion on this, Lance. But it's the, the offense has struggled so far. You know, we're, we're what I think five, six practices in the camp so far. So, I mean, you can't read much into anything either way, a whole lot at this point, but more my question is, let's say the offense continues to struggle. When is that point that you start hitting that panic button that maybe things are not going to be what we're hoping for this upcoming season? Yeah, I, I think that we got to grab this comment here really fast. It was right at the very beginning of the show, right before we went live. I got to I got to find it really fast. But I, I agree with uh, the the commenter here. Um, freaking out on this the second day uh, second day of padded practice is silly. That's from Brad, Bradley Conger. Um, it's training camp. This is from David Yunkin saying. Um, see here it's training camp so why would anybody hit the panic button this early like those are absolutely correct like why why are we freaking out about a brand new offense being installed with a brand new head coach with a bunch of new players in this system with a quarterback that just came off of the worst season statistically of his nfl career like why are we freaking out right now i think that the biggest thing is and if i can find the one that i'm really looking for it's it's only time to really start to freak out when you get going against teams in other jerseys like when when this team goes against the arizona cardinals here in 10 days that's when you really need to start kind of having a little bit of pause and and cause for some concern but even then i mean you're going to see this first team offense for what a couple of series, maybe at the first quarter in totality. Like you, you've got to really have some patience here. Training camps yeah. are always dealt to de- like are, are always kind of designed, I guess, to have defensives you know, like have the upper hand early, specifically right. because offensive players don't have pads, and even when they do get pads, you're not trying to really wear each other out. You're not really trying to enforce your will, and especially in the running game and stuff like that. You're not being super physical like it was back in the 90s and early 2000s. So taking a step back and looking at things overall, what does it look like in terms of understanding what, what they're trying to get accomplished out there in training camp? And also, again, with a new system, with a new quarterback, with a new head coach, they're still doing a lot of installs on the offensive side of the football. Offenses right. have close to what five, six hundred plays that they could potentially run. Defenses have like a hundred, so the defense is already installed for the most part, and those guys are ready to go. They're just trying to formulate an idea and get an idea of what they got going behind the scenes, really understanding what they're supposed to do, the next play call, and stuff like that. So with offenses, there's so much more ground you have to cover, and the first few weeks of training camp specifically training camp in general. But once you get into preseason is when you can really start to understand what this offense is truly going to look like. Right. No, you're, you're completely right. And so, I mean, I know we put it as the heading. I just want everyone to know, like we're not in that place of, Oh no, Mm. Russell Wilson is done for. I can't believe that we're going to have another year of this failure and things like that. 
I'm not even close to saying something like that. But I wanted to get to just the chat here. Kevin Gray coming in saying, evening. Well, we'll say Lance, Carl, and Scott. Big mile high salute to Broncos country. Different Broncos for life. MHH for life. Good to see you, Kevin. Uh, let's see. Bradley Conger kind of hinting at what you said. It might take until weeks three or four to come together. This is completely rebuilt O-line and new offense completely. I did want to hit on this because I'm actually – I'll have an article done tonight, hopefully published here in the next couple of days. Um, there, there's kind of two big things that in my article that I talk about. It, it's mostly Sean Payton was asked the question, like, what did you learn in your year off? And he said the big thing is for those teams that want to go from bad to good, they have to start good. Like they have mm -hmm. to start hot early in the season. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the um, the Dolphins. They started out three and zero, made the playoffs. He talked about the Minnesota Vikings. I think they started like eight and one last year. Mm -hmm. And there was one other team. The Giants was another one. They started like six and one. And and so to really have a chance in the season, you can't you can't have those early struggles. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, you, you got to hit the ground running. And that's why I kind of like that. Sean Payton is running the practices as he is like he's, he's running them hard. Like they're doing conditioning every single day after practice. That wasn't happening last year. Like guys, no. players would do it on their own individual. It wasn't a team thing. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear those kind of things, I think he realizes like we can't struggle weeks one through four. Yeah. We have to be a good team already. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, and you're absolutely correct. And it's not even just in training camp. I mean, go back to uh, the early season, off-season minicamp, you know, um, before the draft where they brought – and even following the draft immediately with rookie minicamp, what was the one thing that they were working on? It wasn't offensive installs, you know, that that two weeks prior to the, the draft where the Broncos get an extra week with their coaching staff. They weren't working on installing the offense at that particular point. They weren't working on installing the defense. They weren't really working on football in – general at that point they were really working on conditioning weight and weight and strength conditioning stuff like that um 
to try to get themselves ready to go and then to play football. That was something we didn't see this last season. And I, and I mean, go back to even Vic Fangio, they weren't doing super heavy conditioning under Vic Fangio at the time. So this, this is a breath of fresh air. It's a completely different structure to training camp. There's a a lot more tempo. It seems to be a lot faster paced. Uh, I saw a report earlier today, I believe it was from, uh, from Zach Seegers over at mile high sports, (coughs) excuse me, saying that, uh, they were getting up to the snap within 10 seconds of the play being called and snapping the ball as soon as they were set. Like that's not anything we've seen for a long time coming out of this Broncos training camp. So it's, it's a new, it's a new era here in Denver. And I think that despite the going out to uh, Jarrett Bell at the USA today, and given the the big interview that he did that exploded Broncos country and pretty much the entire football scene, um, but it's completely different around here in Denver. And I think we're going to reap a lot of benefits. Uh, I'm becoming more and more optimistic. I was very cautious about my optimism coming into camp, but the more that we hear, the more I am very optimistic about this team moving forward. Right. And and I've listened to ex players or retired players. They've really talked about just people really don't understand just how much coaching matters in the NFL. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they've worked when there's some players, you know, spend most of their career at one place. And so it's hard for them to really know one way or the other of how coaches are. But those that have moved around, they know when they're with a good coach compared to a bad coach. And it's just night and day uh, when it comes to the NFL. And so, like I said, having a a competent coaching staff knows what they're doing. We're not going to have the countdown of the the play clock. Yep, (laughs) for sure. That's not going to happen. They're going to eliminate a lot of those stupid penalties that, shouldn't be happening throughout a game. Those pre-snap penalties um, that really show just how, how undisciplined a team really is, how much the coaching staff has not done what they need to be doing. And so again, I, I'm, I'm excited to get my own eyes on it. I think the offense will start catching up as time goes on. Like I said, they're still doing install. I think you talked about um, tomorrow. They're going to be doing a lot more red zone work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to get to this with Phil coming in saying, uh, evening, Carl Lance and Deacon Scott, 10 days. I get to see how the old line is coming along. I feel it's going to take three or four games to really see what we have. Hashtag go Broncos. So like I said, I'm, I'm working on this article. And one of the other big things that they, they talked about was one of the f- biggest early returns in free agency for a lot of teams is found on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go spend some decent money on some, I mean, Obviously, they're not going to be the top players. Those players are getting re-signed by teams. But when you're willing to invest in the offensive line, you can see a, a marketable change in how things are playing out. You know, I've loved hearing one of the things that has been working for the offense, the run game. Mm-hmm. Now, I yeah. know they're not allowed to fully tackle them and, and those kind of things, but you're still hearing about some decent long runs happening for, for this offense at this point. Yeah. And that should open up a lot more of the play-action offense it'll force teams into, I guess I would call them easier coverages for Russell Wilson, you know, mm-hmm. getting into those cover one where it's a little bit easier of, okay, I got to watch this one safety instead of where are these two safeties going, you know, th- those kind of things. So, I mean, it's still going to be complicated. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm excited to see that offensive line and, and how they can really meld together quickly. Yeah. One of the big things that I've, that I've seen a lot and he missed the first couple of days of practice, unfortunately was uh, suffering with the loss of a loved one, uh, Mike McGlinchey coming out and 
that was the one thing that I going back to your talking about the running game and how this this team looks to be able to establish a run. It's specifically to the right hand side. Mike McGlinchey and uh, Quinn Miners have been doing a really good job of opening up lanes on the right side of the the, the offensive line right now. Um, I guess today they had a little bit of struggles with with Zach Allen. Uh, I, I, uh, Jonathan Harris also had a couple of plays on the defensive line, really just kind of closing up some gaps and everything like that. But th- th- this offense is really going to like place an emphasis on running the football. And if you're running behind one of the best run blocking right tackles in all the football and Mike McGlinchey, and then Quinn Miners, who's an absolute dog out there. And then you pull Ben Powers and who is, one of the better pulling guards from the left guard spot, pull them across the line of scrimmage and really create some blasts. Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not, not trap. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Some counter trap look stuff like that. Uh, power running game, um, getting some wham blocks and stuff like that from some tackles moving across the, this offense is going to feature some very intricate and very detailed running designs from what I understand. So very excited about everything moving forward. I am kind of concerned though. And Carl, I want to know if you've heard anything about this as well. Uh, it sounds like Russell Wilson's been under pressure quite frequently from this defensive line. So going back to our, you know, the offense is going to be struggling a little bit up front. Is that kind of a concern for you with Russell Wilson being under pressure a lot right now? Well, and this is always the hard part of training camp. Of So one group's success means another group's failure. Mm-hmm. So w- which group is showing the real of, of what they're going to be. Uh, you know, we had a lot of question marks coming into the season of, okay, what is this pass rush going to be? They lost Bradley Chubb, Von Miller's no longer in the building. You know, who's going to be that guy that steps up? Randy Gregory, can he be healthy? Baron Browning is out right now. And, you know, I'm hearing Jonathan Cooper has been one of the stars of camp, which, you know, if we had one of those bingo cards and that was on there, I would not think that one's getting the check mark. Right. But, yeah. But it is, you know, I mean, he's been a solid player. Don't get me wrong. But to, to have him mentioned as one of the stars and then Bonito. I think we've all made our opinion of him very clear that yes. we're not huge fans. And hearing that he's been even against like Garrett Bowles, having his way of, of getting in there, getting some sacks and, uh, you know, interior defensive line. Some of those guys getting in there. So I, it has me a, a little concerned. But again, sometimes. You know, these practices, especially the non-padded ones, pass rushers have an advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, the blockers are not really supposed to go full board and, and try to get these guys knocked off. And so it's a little bit easier to kind of slip through. And uh, so, I, again, I'm I'm not too worried about it yet with the offensive line, especially if they can get the run game going. The pass blocking make, comes a lot easier. Yeah. You know, when teams don't quite know what you're bringing at them and they have to hesitate just that little bit. Is this going to be a run? Is it going to be a pass? Makes life a little bit easier. But we got Naj coming in with a 1999 super chat. Thank you so much, Naj, saying, Naj. Hey, brothers, I've heard different perspectives on training camp from what you've heard from your insiders or what you have seen. How does this camp compare to the ones under Fangio and Hackett or even Kubiak? So I've I've been to camp for each of those coaches. I haven't been to Sean Payton's yet, so I'll give you a little bit more perspective once I get back next week. But I can tell you. Kubiak ran a very good, very clean camp, but he also had Peyton Manning. So that, that makes life a little bit easier of how you run that. Mm-hmm. He's got a, he had a lot of really good veterans or he could almost just kind of stand in the middle and just watch everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he really trusted his coaches to go do their jobs. Fangio, 
it was it was very tight, I guess is the, the word I would use. You know, there was no music. It was we're here for business and we're going to do business. And, you know, you didn't see a lot of players kind of laughing, having a good time. And, and I think it wore on players. You know, you, you saw a lot more fights, I would say, just because, again, players were just kind of not liking how things were going. Mm-hmm. Um, under Hackett, it was music galore, everybody dancing, everybody doing and it just it seemed very chaotic. You could tell this was a guy who had not run a camp before. And, you know, you would see him laughing a lot and things were very slow as well. You know, like they do a play. Oh, let's talk about it. Let's let's work through this. It wasn't like, OK, we got to get 10 plays in here right in a row and then mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it or we're going to go to the meeting room and talk about what happened here. Um, so, yeah, each of them have ran it a little bit different. From what I've heard with Sean Payton, I think you talked about it earlier. He has he has a very clear plan. This is what we're doing today. This is what we're working on today. It was third down um, situations. And like I said, getting up to the line of scrimmage. Okay, we got to get this play in quick and let, let's get it in here in 10 seconds, make the defense not be able to really get a play call in, you know, those kind of things. And I was looking at something earlier today and it was quarterbacks that add the most value in two minute situations. And Russell Wilson actually came in third. Very surprising. But he has actually been very good in those situations. Now, this is since 2000. Number one, can you guess who it was? Uh, I'm going to spoil it for you and spoil it for everybody in the audience because you put this in our group chat earlier. It's Drew Brees, who was formerly with with Sean Payton in New Orleans, obviously. So, uh, yeah, with with Russell Wilson coming in at at third on that list, I'm curious who is number two. Is number two – it's got to be Manning or Brady. No, it was not. Really? Is it Rodgers? Nope. Um, Okay. I'll have to relook what I looked up earlier. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Manning was top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was just a little bit behind Brady, like two spots behind Brady. Mm-hmm. I think Tony Romo was on there. Makes sense. If I remember right. Um, Rogers did make the list. And then I can't remember. I, I'll, like I said, I'll have to look up that article again here at some well, point. Um, but it's like I said, just, you see both those guys, they, they plan for those moments. That They're calm in those moments because they've prepared for it. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of these quarterbacks that just, I mean, they get into it and they're like, oh, my gosh, where am I going? What am I doing? Because everything's flying so much faster in those moments. And the, the quarterbacks that can kind of slow things down and not be thinking, okay, I've only got two minutes. It's no. I've got two minutes that they have to defend. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys can go have success. So I think, again, when we're seeing that about Sean Payton, he's working on situational football mm-hmm. and and putting him in those and and also bringing back like the nine on sevens and the seven on sevens. You know, I know Hackett last year. You know, hey, we're we're going to play real football. We play eleven on eleven. We're not going to do it in this seven on seven. Well, sometimes that's about the install. You know, getting guys in the right mm-hmm. reads and a quarterback being able to see what's happening in the background, but back there especially russell wilson instead of having an offensive line in front of him like that 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and and like you said, you know, going back to seven on sevens and being part of the install nine on sevens, let's, let's talk about nine on sevens for a minute. That's where, you know, especially on padded practice days, you can get a good look at the offensive line. And as David Cromelo comes in here, our, our good buddy, Dave, you know, $5 super chat. So thank you for that. Dave says, uh, word has it. The Broncos running game is looking very good at camp for what it's worth. Would you expect Denver to be top 10, if not top five in rushing attempts this year? I, I, I think they very well could be. Um, I, I want to see more of Javante Williams. And I know that, you know, we talked about him at the opening of the show here, but with, with what this offense is designed to be, it, it appears according to multiple different reports. Now we're seeing a lot of uh, 12, 13, 20, 21 personnel where we're getting a lot of big packages, you know, one running back, two tight ends, two running back, two tight ends. Um, so th they are very focused on being a physical team up front and they want to run the football. And they've got a good quarterback on the backside of that that excels with play action. And in fact, over the, I think it was like three out of the last five seasons, Russell Wilson was in the top three in terms of uh, passing, uh, passer rating in play action passing attempts in the entire league. So it, it like, I, I would expect them to be very good running the football. We talked about it a little bit before as well, you know, running to the right side behind McGlitchie and Quinn Miner. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm excited about the, the way that this camp is structured, getting back to that particular topic, because it is very focused. It is very deliberate. Everything that we're seeing right now is 100% planned out and schemed by a guy who ran a, a training camp for 15 seasons and went to a Super Bowl. It was always competitive with the New Orleans Saints. So I again, I'm, I'm excited right now. This this team looks to be on the the, the correct direction the correct path to future success and if you do get um you do get quality play from this offense it's who am i to say they can't win 11 games this season they, they've got a defense that's good enough that they get offensive play they win 11 games yeah and i mean I've, I've talked about it before those two the teams that go out and spend big in free agency are the team that spends the biggest mm -hmm. now long term we can talk about that of, of how good or bad that can be for an NFL team, but short term, it's usually pretty good where you, you have at least three or more wins compared to the year before. We've got mm -hmm. Andrew Lampy coming in saying, nice to hear Benito is living up to potential. How huge would that be? That, that would be so big mm -hmm. if he could actually turn into a decent player for the Broncos. I mean, I don't think he even has to turn into a star. If he can just turn into a decent rotational player for them, that would be big for, for that pass rush. Yeah. Because again, I think, depending on health, I think the Broncos have two solid starters at the edge position in Randy Gregory and Baron Browning. I think they're both very solid players. I'm not going to say stars or anything like that, but very solid. It's everybody behind them of, of what are they going to bring. And hearing Jonathan Cooper's doing really well, Nick Benito's doing really well. Um, I'm trying to remember Incoom, their yeah. undrafted free agent. Another guy I've heard some really good things about that he's making some splash plays. You know, again, if you can have any of those players really step up and take that next level, it, it makes me feel so much better about this team. You know, yeah. it takes me from viewing them as a borderline top 10 defense to they could be a top seven, top five defense. Mm -hmm. And if if you pair that with a an, an even average offense, you've got a real shot of being a very good team in the NFL. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm 100% with you on that. And uh, we got Seth jumping in here saying, did uh, did Nick Benito finally hit the weight room? Yeah, from all reports, he showed up a lot thicker to this camp, and he has not dropped off in any athleticism. In fact, uh, earlier today, he went in a uh, – I believe it was a team drill where he went against Mike McGlinchey and ran a very nice counter inside spin move and was able to get a pressure on Russell Wilson. So uh, you're seeing him now not just being that bendy speed edge rusher. He's throwing, I've got the bull rush in there, and I can now counter off of that bull rush. So uh, the, the development of Nick Benito is one that I'm very curious to see, quite honestly, because I've, I've dogged him a lot. I want to see what he looks like in the running game, but – you're, you're talking the number 64 overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, or excuse me, 2022 NFL draft. And he played, what, 155 or 160 snaps last season total? And he was not impactful when he was on the field. You've got to get better production out of a guy like that moving forward. And, and yeah, they got Frank Clark. They brought Frank Clark in over the summer, and he made some controversial statements coming into uh, the other day coming into camp. <laughs> about how the Broncos and the Chiefs is not a rivalry. And I, I agree with him to just for what it's worth. But Frank Clark's a guy, I mean, he's a eight, seven, uh, seven, eight, nine sacks per season type of player. Benito has the ability to be a, an elite pass rusher. He's got a long ways to go to get there. I am very intrigued by this defensive line, though, specifically a guy that the Broncos brought in in free agency. Like you said, you know, the teams that spend the most in free agency typically get that um, that what three to four win bump over the next season. A guy that I'm hearing a lot of rave reviews about right now is Zach Allen, a former Arizona Cardinal coming in with Vance Joseph. Uh, he has been a game record out there as a, as a run defender. He's also helping out in the pass protection. And quite honestly, guys, I, I put this out on um, – I was, I was texting into uh, Ryan Edwards and Alfred Williams on the KOA text line earlier today. You know, if, if Zach Allen is healthy and you get the Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, Nick Benito being healthy on the outside – as a four-eye technique, Zach Allen could have 10 sacks this season very easily. He has a very underrated skill set as a pass rusher. And with him driving against offensive tackles, creating difficult two-on-one scenarios coming off the edge with a, with a quality speed rusher, Zach Allen has the ability to then dip it, dip his head down inside, get this, the rip move or a swim move over the top, and get back to the quarterback. So I'm very excited about this defensive line moving forward, despite the lack of depth, which I do think is a very big concern. Right. Yeah, I, I still think we haven't heard the last of, of what's going to happen for the defensive line. I think there's probably going to be a, a move or two made with that group, depending on cut down, you know, there's still a couple of veterans out there. Shelby Harris still hasn't signed with anybody. You got Ndamukong Sue. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other names that are out there. Akeem Hicks is another mm -hmm. one. There, there's still some okay names that yeah. you could add for, for depth to this team. And then the Broncos did make a move today. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to get to that real quick. Uh, they, they signed a cornerback, Fabian Moreau. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, I kind of I kind of like this move. It, it's not great. I mean, he's a depth player, but adding a veteran to a very, very young cornerback group. Yes. You know, that, that's the main thing. You know, I've heard really good things about Damari Mathis so far in training camp. Fabian, um, Fayon Hicks is another one that I've actually heard some splash plays. Uh, there's a couple other cornerbacks that I've heard have, have been really, really good for the Broncos. Yeah. So again, it, it's a veteran signing. He might not even make the team if the, the young players keep – 
developing and, and taking that next step. You know, maybe once Riley Moss gets healthy here, then that guy's out of here. I, I don't know. But like I said, I, I just kind of like adding a veteran to the group at this point. And he's, he's very cheap content. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct on that. And the one thing that I really liked about Fabian Moreau coming out of UCLA was his ability to play inside and outside. He has some slot versatility to him as well. And not to to bag on a saying Bassey, who I, I like as as a player. I think that there's you can definitely upgrade over that position. Um, Jaquan McMillan has showed pretty well over the last couple of days in, in terms of getting some pass breakups. I believe he had a couple today as well. Um, but you need a guy that can play inside and outside. And with Riley Moss, um, you, you don't know exactly what his role is going to be in this defense. Uh, Damari Mathis, I, I expect a big jump in this specific defensive scheme. But Fabian Moreau has played inside and he's played outside at the NFL level. He's played at a fairly decent level. He's going to be a depth signing for you. It's probably going to move a Sang Bassi off of off of the roster if it does play out the way that I think it does. But uh, um it's going to be interesting to see how it, it how it all plays out, especially in the secondary, which I'm hearing a lot of very good things about in terms of getting their hands on the football moving forward. So, uh, yeah, I'm I, I I like to move at least to get like you said, get a guy that can play inside, play play outside, and uh, um, just be a veteran presence in the room. Yeah, I wanted to get to this from Seth saying, "How is Mims looking? He has only been at practice, I think, for the last couple practices." He's got some hamstring issues that he's been dealing with all offseason. And so I, we haven't really got to hear a whole lot about him. He did get a little bit of work with the number one offense with Russ throwing it to him, I think, on some seven on seven drills. But right now, from what I understand, with Tim Patrick going down and even before Tim Patrick went down, the guy that was getting some run with the, the number one offense was Brandon Johnson from last yeah. year. Mm -hmm. uh, I. I remember last year getting very excited. He was making play after play during training camp. And all of a sudden he had that ankle injury and it just, oh, it just breaks my heart when you hear a guy that's doing so well and kind of coming out of nowhere for a team and then has that happen to him. So I'm glad he's getting that second opportunity to maybe prove that he could be something because, you know, and, and I hate to speculate what next year is going to be like in the wide receiver room, you know, uh, really could be, very, very different than what we're seeing right now. Oh, yeah. You know, Cortland Sutton in the final year, his contract, Tim Patrick in the final year of his contract. You know, some of those guys, it, it'd be surprised. It, it wouldn't surprise me if both of those guys are gone. And yeah. so, again, having a guy like Brandon Johnson that can emerge out of some, out of nowhere and become a decent player for you. I don't think he'll ever be a star, but it can at least be a contributor for the offense. Um, I, that's good to hear. But like I yeah. said, I think the other part of it is, 
of, of how they're going to make up for Tim Patrick is by some of the personnel that they're going to put out on the field. Like you said, they're going to go pretty big packages, you know, a couple tight ends on the field, fullback on the field, you know, those kind of things. So it's going to mitigate some of that loss, not all of it, because Tim Patrick is a great player. Mm -hmm. And so it's still going to sting, but I think there's ways you can work around it at least this year compared to last year. Yeah. And one of the big things about Tim Patrick, and I, I mentioned this a couple of times on Dove Valley deep divers as well, you know, um, you don't really understand and like get to know the idea of a player behind the scenes and what they actually mean to a locker room. And Tim Patrick is one of those guys that as a, as a veteran player, one of the most dependable pass catchers in the room last season, him not being able to be in those meetings because he's on injury reserve. He has to be working in the training facility and stuff like that. That was a big problem for this, this roster this last season. And it's going to happen again this year. As a leader, Tim Patrick is one of the top four or five players on this roster that everybody gravitates towards. He's a guy that really holds everybody else accountable. He's a guy that came up from pretty much nothing, undrafted free agent out of Utah, worked his way, bounced around the NFL for a little bit, worked his way up into this into the starting lineup. Um, I believe that was the uh, – was that Joe Flacco year that, that he was here? Was he the year before that where they had Case Keenum? Um Regardless, sure. I, I can't remember. I, I think it was the Case Keenum season because I remember you and I wrote an article very similarly about uh, Tim Patrick um, against the San Francisco 49ers in 2019, I think. Anyways, uh, the, the veteran presence you're losing, the, the guy that holds everybody accountable and Tim Patrick is going to hurt this offense again. I, I, I firmly believe that. They need to have a player like that. Cortland Sutton, as much as I like him, I, and I think he's a great leader off the field. Uh, Jerry Judy's still trying to find his way as a professional, at, at least at this point. And then after that, KJ Hamler was just released with pericarditis. Hopefully he comes back soon. But then you got rookie Marvin Mims. You've got Brandon Johnson, who looks like a decent player. Jalen Virgil, who's not a football player right now. He's a track star wearing football pads. Um, after that, it's Kendall Hinton, who is just – kind of a do-it-all guy, but not like spectacular at anything. Losing Tim Patrick specifically for this wide receiver room is going to be a much bigger blow than Broncos country and fans around the NFL are going to want to admit. Just plain and simple. That's how it is. Yeah. All right. I wanted to get to, we got some stars coming in from Miguel and and there's been a few questions about some of the other rookies. And I think it'll tie into this one because we got Drew Sanders says, I'm hearing a bunch of good things about the defense, but not linebackers in particular. How are they doing? You know, I, I think, especially with how training camp is run, like I said, you, you don't take guys to the ground. Mm-hmm. And so for linebackers, you know, a lot of times their main thing is, are they in the right position? Are they where they're supposed to be? All that kind of stuff. Um, so far, they've been good. I mean, Josie Jewell, uh, Alex Singleton, both those guys, very solid veterans. I don't think you have to really worry about them. The one guy I've been hearing really good things about, though, Drew Sanders. He is the the one rookie that's actually been working with some of the number one teams. Like I said, Marvin Mims got a couple throws, nothing too big. But but Drew Sanders is the one guy that I think could make a huge impact as a rookie this season, at least on the defensive side of the ball. And he's been doing well of being in coverage. You know, when you're like, what, 6'4", 6'5", Mm-hmm. 250 pounds. You can cover a lot of ground just by just being tall and long. And from what I understand, he's done well against Greg Dulcich. I mean, Greg Dulcich has actually been pretty quiet so far in training camp. I think he yeah. made a nice one-handed catch today. Yep. But beyond that, 
it sounds like Drew Sanders has kind of been that that nice tight end coverage guy. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, well, no, I, I was just agreeing with you on that. The one thing that I had heard um, specifically about the uh, the linebacker room, Jonas Griffith did did unfortunately suffer an injury today. Uh, not sure what it was. He did appear to be okay, was kind of limping around, but um, I don't know exactly the extent of that. But in, in terms of linebacker play overall, it, it seems like this team, and, and I know we were talking about how good this, this team's going to be running the football. Against the run, though, defensively, it sounds like the, uh, this defense is going to be incredible. Uh, they they do have these linebackers slowing and scraping to the football very well. Caden Stearns has showed a, a lot of uh, promise as a run defender as well. Um, and Drew Sanders, I believe, uh, stepped into the hole for a what would have been a, a, a stuff or a potential tackle for loss. Uh, the one thing that was actually kind of surprising was that Josie Jewell took a bad angle on a run. I believe it was uh, – was it jo- Jaquan McMillan? I think uh, to, took an outside run, and Josie Jewell took a bad angle, which is kind of surprising for him. But overall, I mean, the the linebackers from what it, and not being there is it, hard to really kind of describe what you're seeing. But based on everything that I've heard, it, th- this defense is fine, and the linebackers are doing everything that they, they can to make this defense as elite as it possibly could be, especially in the running game. So, uh, look forward to see what it looks like out on the field, and I'm really looking forward to Drew Sanders as well. Yeah, and I've, I'm seeing some Josie Jewell bad talk here. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to say, I know Josie Jewell struggled with being healthy, but when he's mm-hmm. been healthy, he's been a very solid player. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- there's not a lot of great off-ball linebackers, do-it-all kind of guys that can cover guys one-on-one, help in the run game. You know, it, it just it's hard to find those kind of guys. There, there's maybe about four or five really elite guys, and then there's a bunch of – kind of average, below average kind of guys. And I'd say Josie Jewell's kind of in that above average group. He's smart. He's not the quickest, but he's in position a lot of times because he's so smart on the field. And he does a great job of getting other guys into the right spot. So I think if Drew Sanders does come in, I don't think it's for Josie Jewell. I would actually guess that it'd be for Alex Singleton. Hmm. Now, Singleton had a lot of tackles last year. And when Josie Jewell went down, he did a great job. So I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I, I think Josie Jewell is the better leader on the field. Like I said, of getting everybody in the right spot at the right time. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that in, in any way, shape or form. I, I do, however, think that um, if, uh, if, if Drew Sanders comes on the field, it's going to be for, uh, for Josie Jewell rather than Alex Singleton. I, it's, I, a big thing is being in the right place at the right time and, and, you know, getting everybody lined up is fine, but when you don't have the athleticism and you guess wrong, like Josie Jewell sometimes will do like there, there are times where he will guess wrong and, and attack the wrong gap. At least Alex Singleton has the athleticism to make up for guessing wrong. He may not make the tackle. And we saw a lot of times where he did slip a lot of tackles and, and miss uh, misplays out in open space, but at least he got a body on a body and slowed down the ball carrier out, uh, out there and allowed the defense to kind of rally around him. Josie Jewell, when he misses wrong, he misses badly. And that's, that's a big problem. I think that getting more athletic linebackers in the, in this linebacker room, specifically with Drew Sanders and Jonas Griffith, guys especially that are a quality blitzers coming from the second level, is going to be paramount for Vance Joseph defense moving forward. And I love Josie Jewell. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that he's a, a high-quality football player at the NFL level. But at the same time, 
when you lack that athleticism and you do guess wrong, you open up some big time plays for the offense of, uh, uh, opposite of you. And I, I, I'm curious to see what it looks like without him on the field and getting some guys that can move sideline to sideline forward and backward in Singleton and Sanders together. Yeah. We got Michael coming in saying good evening, Carl and Lance on building the Broncos go Broncos and Buckham. Michael, always a pleasure to see you in here every up, single day. Uh, supporting each of our shows always means a lot to us. So appreciate that. Um, yeah. A few other things that I kind of was thinking was stick, sticking out here in the comments. Uh, let's see. Yeah. A few people siding with you on Singleton being a little bit better. I, I think it's close. I really do. I, I, like I said, I love Singleton. I love Josie Jewell. Uh, I've been big supporters of both of them since they've been with the Broncos. And, and I think Drew, Drew Sanders is going to have a, an, incredible opportunity to actually turn into a very good player in the NFL. Yes. You know, he's got the size, he's got the length, he's got, uh, he's got the athleticism to do some great things. You know, he's played multiple positions in college and been successful at both of them, you know, off ball edge, whatever you want him to play. He's been very successful. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think getting the chance to see him grow up as a player in the, in the NFL with the Broncos, it's going to be fun to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm interested to see where they play him and how they play him. You know, kind of heading into this training camp, I was really thinking he was going to be more of the downhill guy shooting the A gap. We're going to have him blitzing, getting after the quarterback. But it sounds yep. like they've really been working him, dropping back into coverage, playing that man coverage and seeing what he can do, seeing if he can hold up. And so far, things have been positive in that regard. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and that was one thing that I was curious about with with his translation to the NFL level was even at at Arkansas, Drew Sanders showed the ability to just use his length, his size, and his athleticism to be effective in coverage. And while you you need those tools and that skill set at the NFL level to really succeed, this is that was his first season playing truly as an off-ball linebacker. I mean, going back to his high school days, he was an edge defender at Alabama before he transferred. So. To, and he was also behind Christopher Allen, his Broncos teammate right now uh, at, at the University of Alabama, and then transferred to get more playing time at Arkansas. For him to go out there and still be able to show that athleticism, show that range, show that length, and show his ability cerebrally just to put himself in the right situation, if that's the case at Broncos training camp. And again, guys, I'm not there. I haven't seen any of this, so I'm going on what I've been reported on. Um it, it, it's a very good sign for this Broncos defense. If he's able to go out there and show that he's capable of playing off ball, moving backwards and away from the football, that's a, that's a good sign for this Broncos defense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wanted to get to this from Patrick uh, just because I had something kind of cool happen this week. Uh, he's our, our local coffee vendor for us, bringing nice. in some of the best coffee that I've ever had in my life saying Aloha gents plus Scott, everyone at MHH is knowledgeable and enjoyable to watch and or listen to. Patrick, I got to tell you, my wife and her, maybe I shouldn't say her age, <laughs> but in her so many years on, on this planet, she has hated coffee. My wife has started drinking coffee in the last two weeks and enjoying it and asking me to make it for her because I've been making your coffee. So just wanted to say a big thank you to that because it's been fun to get up and have a cup of coffee with my wife in the morning. And so anybody gets a chance, check out his at uh, the um, the Lion Coffee from from. Hawaii. Uh, anyway, back to football. 
Carl, you're gonna, have to get, you're gonna have to send me that link, man. My wife is a coffee freak, and we've been looking yeah. for a good coffee for a while okay. now. So uh, send me the link to that. And Patrick, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. All right. And then I had a few other things here. Someone said something about uh, we got to have someone that can cover Kelsey. <laughs> Here's the deal. It's not possible. Even, even the best linebackers in football, like they could have some success. They're not going to have an entire game where they can match up one-on-one and completely shut them down. You know, I think we're, we're kind of used to having guys like Champ Bailey, uh, Keeb Tlaib, Chris Harris Jr., guys who actually like shut down their entire side, their entire guy that they're covering one-on-one for an entire game. There's just not a linebacker that can do that against a guy like Travis Kelsey. You know, there's about four or five tight ends out there that are just they're such an incredible weapon to have because of the mismatch that they bring because you, you try to have a safety against them. They're too small. You have a linebacker against them. They're just not athletic enough or, or maybe they're athletic enough, but they're just not as football savvy in coverage as you need them to be on a play by play basis. Yeah. Now I think Drew Sanders, if you maybe have like four or five plays a game where you're like, okay, we got this blitz specialty that we want to bring against Patrick Mahomes. And we got to have a guy that can shut down Travis Kelsey for, for at least four or five plays. Catch him off guard. You can try it. Now, he might get beat once and it get beat bad. But maybe he does shut down a few plays and you catch Patrick Mahomes by surprise, something. You know, you can do something like that. I don't think you can have him line up one-on-one and say, yep, this guy, he's going to take him out of the game. I don't think that there's a player that exists in the NFL that you could actually line up one-on-one against Travis Kelsey right now and make it be effective. It's not necessarily to say that Travis Kelsey is this elite mismatch. I mean, he is, he's a, he's a great mismatch in terms of his athleticism and the, the football IQ and his understanding of coverages and where to sit down and where to extend his route and how to just manipulate everything. You've got a great quarterback that knows how to find the football and you've got a great schemer in Andy Reed at the head coach position to find a way to get him the football, no matter where he's at on the field. I mean, it, Shoot, guys! He they, they throw him shovel passes on the on the two yard line for touchdowns. It, it's it's impossible to actually find a way to stop a player like Travis Kelsey. It's impossible to find a player a, a way to stop a player like George Kittle, it, it, Mark Andrews, even. I mean, like it, the the true elite mismatch tight end is the one player that will completely change the entire dynamic of an offense and how you attack opposing defenses. Until Travis Kelsey retires. There's no way to stop him. It's just not going to happen, and I'm sorry about that. I, I like Drew Sanders. I like Josie Jewell, uh, and Josie Jewell actually picked off Patrick Mahomes a couple times last season in Denver, targeting um, targeting Travis Kelsey. It happens. Like it, 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 You're going to have a bad game. You're never going to truly eliminate Travis Kelsey. And I mean, even going back to the Super Bowl, uh, Tampa Bay versus Kansas City, Everyone's like, oh, they shut down Travis Kelsey. They kept him out of the end zone. I don't give a damn if they kept him out of the end zone. He had 11 catches for 167 freaking yards, guys. The dude went <laughs> off. Like, come on. You can keep him out of the end zone all you want to, but he helped keep the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs in that football game the entire length of the game. You're not going to stop him. It's just not going to happen. And if you do, you caught lightning in a bottle, and you're not going to do it again, plain and simple. Yeah. I got a few more questions and we'll get out of here, but we've got Michael coming in saying, how is safety JL Skinner? Another one of those rookies doing during training camp. 
you know, I think he's another one that they're kind of easing back into things. Mm-hmm. You know, he's coming off of injury. Thankfully, I don't think he started on on the pup, did he? No, it, he didn't. He didn't start on pup. They have him actually ready to go, but I don't think that he's actually practiced yet. Um, I the only thing I've seen in, in terms of an update for him is he changed his number from forty six to thirty four. Um, what whatever that means. Um, so it, I'm curious to see what he looks like though moving forward. I I can update a little bit of the safety rotation. Uh, it does seem that it's Caden Stearns and Justin Simmons as the one and two with uh, KJ or uh, PJ Locke, excuse me, and Kareem Jackson as the the second safeties on the field, and they are rotating those guys very heavily. Like it is it is not going to be like two specific guys. They are trying to move everybody in and out, especially in that safety rotation. So we'll see if uh, Jail Skinner can actually come back. All right, and we got Gary Palmer coming in with a big super chat right here saying 999. Good evening, Carl and Lance and Scott. I know Drew is next, but I don't think we bury JJ yet. He may not be as athletic, but he is always on his spot. Go Broncos and Buckham. Yeah, I, I think probably 97% of snaps that Josie Jewell is in the right spot. Mm-hmm. He's just that smart of a guy. You know, mm-hmm. there's been times if you watch him in a game, like he's calling out, like play is going right here, right here. Everybody, this is where the run play is going. And it's it's really fun to watch when you got a guy that is that smart and understands what an offense is trying to do. But you said it earlier. There are a few times where he guesses wrong uh, or doesn't quite figure things out. And he doesn't quite have that athleticism to get back into position when things don't go quite right. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see the really big runs happen against the Broncos when, when he kind of doesn't quite figure out the play. But again, it's not very often. That's why he is usually the captain of the defense, calling plays out, getting people lined up. And, and I agree. I think Drew, I think Drew Sanders will have a, a role on this defense. I think there'll be some specialty plays, especially third down plays where they really yeah. try to get him on the field. But as a starter, I don't think unless there's an injury that he's going to be on the field as a starter this year. No, I, I, this is not to say that I think that Drew Sanders is going to be a guy out there that's like replacing Josie Jewell, at least for this season. I do think this is Josie Jewell's last season in Denver though, like yeah. quite honestly, because when you are, what he's four and a half million against salary cap going into this year or something like that. Uh, it's the last year on his deal. Uh, they brought in a direct replacement for his specific talents that has more athleticism. He just needs to learn the ropes of how to play the NFL game and understand what's going on in front of him, learning how to watch film, learning how to diagnose everything that's going on around him, putting his players in the right position. Drew Sanders, I think has those, th- that ability because you saw it at, at Arkansas he was always around the football and he was always in the right position despite not playing the off-ball linebacker position throughout his career leading up to that point. I And, and Josie is a $7.1 million cap hit this year. Yeah, 7.1. Holy cow, that's that's incredible. Um, <laughs> that, that's a lot of money for a linebacker, it, uh, especially for uh, the caliber of Josie Jewell. It's, uh, to, to me, it this is obviously his last season. They're not going to bring him back on, on that kind of cap number. If they do bring him back, it's going to be half of that. And they're going to get Drew Sanders on the field a lot more than uh, next season than they do this year, for sure. Yeah. 100%. And we've talked about it a lot on this show. Of A lot of times you are drafting for next season. Like, you, you don't expect a whole lot from your rookies year one. 
at least you better not be because then you're going to be in a lot of trouble unless you're a really bad team and rebuilding and you're mm-hmm. trying to get those guys on the field. But you're trying to look at, okay, where are the expiring contracts at? Okay, so Josie Jewell, expiring contract. Let's go get ourselves an, an off-ball linebacker that can replace him. You know, that's why last year getting Nick Bonito, knowing Von Miller's gone, Bradley Chubb, we're not sure if we're going to sign him long-term, you know, what, what's going to happen with him. So you go get yourself an edge player. Mm-hmm. That's what you're trying to do. You're, you're trying to set yourself up when those guys leave. You've got somebody that already has been in the building for a year or two and ready to go. Mm-hmm. I've always said that the Ravens do the best job, especially on defense line and edge, where they're drafting like every two years to find the replacements for the guys that are going to be gone in two years. Mm-hmm. And so they just have this healthy rotation and somehow they keep finding guys that can be very productive and fit their system well. And if you can get into that kind of pattern, you can find real success in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we're, we're kind of running out of time here, getting towards the end. I guess I, I wanted to have one final question for you here. What, what's one thing you want to hear before the first training camp or before the first preseason game? What's one thing you want to hear come out of training camp to make you feel really good about this season? I want to know the, uh, the updated uh, offensive line rotation, specifically at center. I want to know who is playing, who is starting at the center position right now. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry scares the holy hell out of me, um, especially in this scheme where you need to get the ball out quick and you need to have a, the ability to step up and hit the intermediate stuff over the top of uh, over over the middle of the field. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry has one been one of the worst centers in football, and I'm sorry that this sounds terrible, but he's been an abject disaster since he was a rookie and we've got Kyle Fuller on the roster who has experience with Russell Wilson in Seattle. And we've got Alex Forsyth who I know, um, and, and Carl, you know, these guys, Emery hunt from CBS sports.com. Um, you've got Duke many weather, uh, from O-line masterminds, Kyle Krabs, uh, Joe Marino, um, uh, Jim Nagy from the senior bowl have all said this dude would have been potentially the number one overall center prospect in this draft class if he wouldn't have gotten hurt and then not worked out at the combine or at his pro day at Oregon. Like this dude's a quality player at center. That's the one thing that I'm looking forward to seeing is who's playing the center position. And if they do bring in a, another defensive lineman, whether it's Michael Brockers, Matt Ioannidis, Ndamukong Sue, um, Akeem Hicks, somebody to help that can play that two to five technique, specifically a guy that can man, manage the, a three technique playing over guard. Those, those are the things I'm really looking forward to for the most part. But uh, the one thing that would give me the most optimism is uh, Russell Wilson getting this offense down quite honestly, like getting the, getting the offense down and getting everything looking on the same page, moving forward, that would be big centers next. And then the interior defensive line depth. Okay. Yeah. I I think for me, it would be hearing of two days in a row of the offense, having some consistency. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I saw somebody earlier had asked the question about not, not on here, but on Twitter about Russell Wilson and, you know, him having some struggles and stuff. Is this kind of a sign that he's, he's done for, and they said it's not that he's not had plays. It's just that he's been inconsistent so far in camp. Mm-hmm. There's been a few nice plays by the offense. And, you know, we do have to kind of remember this defense was, I think, 10th overall uh, on defense last season. So it's got talent. And you've got a lot of guys back healthy on that defense. 
So, of course, they're going to be ahead of where the offense is at this point. But like I said, if I can hear of a couple days before that first training camp of the offense actually having a little bit more consistency, I'm going to feel a lot better that they're taking the right steps to to really have this at least be, you know, I, they don't have to be a top 10 offense, but if they can be top 15 this season and the defense can be right there at that 10th or better level, they've got a real shot of being at least a, a pretty decent team and possibly making the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you can, if you can get, um, what I, what I think this this defense is, especially with Vance Joseph, is you're going to see a lot of pressure. Uh, if they're in the top 10 in sacks up front, if, if they can figure out a way to create enough pressure to get the top 10 in sacks and they can run the football effectively, the, the, the secondary is going to do their job. If you're pressuring the quarterback that often and being so effective getting after the quarterback, the secondary is going to do their thing. They're going to take the football away, as they have so far in training camp, run the football effectively, 10 wins. I, I yeah. like 10 wins should be the baseline for this team. And like, like uh, Sean Payton said in that interview with Jared Bell, I'm going to be pissed if this team is not a playoff team, plain <laughs> and simple. They, they have the, they have the talent, they have the ability, they have the coaching, they have the quarterback play. Let's see it all unfold. And I want to see this Broncos team when get into the playoffs and potentially win a game. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here before we do. I want to get to Michael's last comment here saying great show tonight, Carl and Lance on building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham. Michael, great way to end the show for us. Guys, I want to make I, sure that you guys are heading over to Twitter, following us at BTB football underscore pod. Uh, you can follow me at Carl Dumbler, MHH. Lance, what, what's your, your Twitter handle there? It's, uh, at, it's at Lance S underscore MHH. And before we continue on, I want to wish our guy Chris Carrillo a happy birthday as well. I jumped in the chat early, wanted to say, uh, saying it was his birthday today. So happy birthday to you, Chris. And thank you for joining us here on a wonderful Tuesday on Building the Broncos. Uh, with that, I'll say my little parting ways. My, uh, You all stay safe and take care. Have a great weekend. Yeah. And make sure you guys are also heading over to look at uh, the Mile High Huddle Twitter account. Heading over to milehighhuddle.com to look at all the articles we've got posted. Lance, I've seen you've posted a couple. You had a pretty controversial one this last <laughs> week. So everybody should go check that out. Make sure uh, you get after Lance, telling him how right or wrong he is, I guess you could say. Make sure you guys are also overheading on Facebook. It's the easiest way to find out when our pods are going live. And also head over to Apple Podcasts. You know, Leave us a review. We do read those. And it means a lot to us just to hear good or bad uh, of how things are going here. But we appreciate everyone tuning in. Make sure you guys also subscribe, like, and share our show. Uh, always helps just to get it out there to a lot more people. You know, it, it's always it's always humbling. I know you had a, a moment the other day of running into somebody that listens to the show and they've recognized you. Yep. And it, it just, it, it's really cool to, to get the chance to talk to all of you guys out there. And like I said, just grow the audience and get to talk more and more Bronco football with everyone. I'll be heading out to training camp on Friday. So anybody out there, make sure you hit me up on Twitter. And also we got Scott working in the background. Appreciate all that he's doing back there. You can follow him at Scout Kennedy. And we got Phil coming in. One last one saying, well, maybe I am just optimistic, but I have a gut feeling we are a top 10 in offense and defense this year. Phil, I hope you are right because that would be just outstanding for this, this team. We, we mm -hmm. deserve it after these years of being in purgatory I think the Broncos have the longest, um, the longest stretch of not making the playoffs after winning a Super Bowl of any yep. team in NFL history. So, yep. you know, it, it just it's so hard to go from the highest mountain to now the lowest place possible. 
And hopefully this is the year we start that climb back up. And like I said, talking about climbing back up, Nick, I think we'll be back next week. But again, Lance, thanks for joining me here tonight. And thank you all for being here. And hopefully we will see the, the new new Broncos hitting the field here pretty soon next week, I think, for their first preseason game. Yep. On that note, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.